We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the Patreon edition. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to talk about a letter that somebody submitted. (laughs) That is what a twist. (laughs) What a twist. Um, Can you believe (laughs) we're not just going to talk about ourselves? (laughs) Uh, Well, we are going to a little in the check-in topic. Oh, great. Um, Yes. So Sam and I couldn't think of a check-in topic. So we returned to the questions that you asked us for a Q and a back in um, November and Spencer picked those questions, so I knew there was some that he didn't pick. And so I was just, like, scrolling through them. And I saw one that I really liked. That I'm not sure if we answered. I don't think we did. Um, maybe we off- answered, like, a version of it. But the question is, like, uh, what piece of advice have you given on this podcast that has personally completely changed the way you view relationships? Mm. and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have like a couple and I don't I mean that very humbly like I don't think I knew these things before they were either said to me by you (laughs) seriously sometimes things like revealed to me yeah like you just say something you're like wait a minute yes yes. (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) well the podcast has really given us a platform to like really push those mental limits of our understanding of our own emotional development, things like that. So it's like, I don't know. I've had revelations on this podcast that I have definitely not had in active relationships. True. Because I don't know, maybe it's the safe space of the podcast and not the pressure of an actual romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, also like the people who send us letters, I, I, I like feel so privileged to answer them because I think the perspective of an outsider 
doesn't give me like more knowledge. It just gives me the the outside perspective that we often need to like reach our higher selves or reach our mm. reach a greater emotional understanding of something. Um, and we can't get to it when we're like in the muck. So like the opportunity to answer all of your letters has has like been a gift to me, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I absolutely I absolutely agree. I think it it's really profound to be like saying something and then be like, oh shit, that's advice that I need to take. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, do you want to go first? I could probably think of a couple if you want to go back and forth. Uh sure. I can start. Um I think our advice around um quality over quantity thinking about like the longevity of relationships was a really profound sort of mix up for me because it um it really showed me how deeply ingrained that idea that like the longer the relationship is the better it is or the more quote-unquote successful it is and that if relationships end they were therefore failures yes and realizing like that is absolutely not true um and like ending a relationship when it needs to be ended is like also successful. And like the time that you've spent with that person is successful, even if it like means that you didn't wind up together for your whole life. And just like, it really like the idea that I had in my head of like relationships are successful if, and only if they last forever, (laughs) it's like been profoundly changed by some of the advice that we've given people who have written in and been like, I feel like I failed. Um, and realizing like, no, we're not failing. We're just yes. like, we're experiencing different types of relationships and like getting out of a relationship that's not working for us. is actually like really successful. <laughs> yeah. I actually, that was going to be the first one I said too. And I think, oh, great. well, we brought it up in a recent interview that we did for the head and heartwork conversations that'll be aired in right. a month or whatever. Um, but I also think that was one of the first times that just break up conversations made me go, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it truly <laughs> changed. I think I had an epiphany mid-episode and it was, like, in the first 20 episodes or whatever um, where we talked about, like, the goal of getting to, like, the 50-year anniversary that we all that, that a lot of us grew up seeing our elders get to and yeah. realizing that you're, you know, you're in your 30s, you might not hit that anniversary or, you know, or the fact that like who am I to disparage somebody in their 60s or 70s meeting the love of their life, right? Like that that relationship is of the same value as a long-lasting right. one. Um it shifted everything in me because I felt the pressure. I think what when did we start this podcast? I was in my early 30s and I was single. I happened to just meet my now wife like <laughs> weeks into starting it, but I was, you know, feeling that anxiety that we put on ourselves because of the Mm -hmm. hierarchical way we view relationships. Definitely one for me. For sure. Uh, So now that you've taken the one that I was going to start with. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You wanted me to go first. I did. (laughs) Um, I think for me, uh, we always joke about like what it would be like to be if one of us were single you know, in the future while hosting Just Break Up, like, I truly think I would be a totally different partner. And um, that's because Just Break Up has given me a lot of space to air out my anxious attachment style. And Mm. in that, I've sort of realized that, um, one, that my anxious attachment style isn't necessarily bad, 
um, or something that needs fixing, but it's helped me like reestablish some boundaries for myself. Like what is, what are those habits that make me want to go grocery shopping with somebody (laughs) on the first Mm -hmm. date and Mm -hmm. what, and maybe that, how that's like a false sense of closeness for me, or that's just feeding my nervousness or whatnot. That's not like a very concise point. Um, just like my anxious attachment style in general, like here's an epiphany. Didn't know what attachment styles were when we started this podcast. (laughs) You know, what made us think we were equipped to do this stupid show (laughs) and then learned about them from you, like some random episode. And then like discovered this whole cavern of my being that Uh I didn't really uh understand. And now, and now can explore. So Thanks for that. Maybe that's just it. My attachment style. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the other thing that I'll say is I think I have come into like a new understanding slash empathy for people who are bisexual, pansexual, mm-hmm. who are, um, whose sexuality may be more fluid um, and sort of my impulse in that was to be like, was normally to be like, cool, you know, like neat. Yeah. Good to know. You weren't like, fuck you. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But it's, but like, I think that I've really come to, to understand that people's uh, understanding of their sexuality, like, isn't just like something that clicked for them when they were 16 years old, like it did for me, but that like people are actively undergoing like a lot of understanding and unpacking of their own sexuality and gender and all of that. And I think that that, seeing people go through that has also like really helped me examine my own connection to sexuality and gender in a way that's been like, Oh, it doesn't have to be fixed. Like it can be, there can be different things that I explore or understand about myself because of it. Um, so that has been like really helpful. And I, we like, we joke about how we get so many like budding bisexuals who write into us about like, how do I be a bisexual? And it's very cute. (laughs) And then like reading it's been like, Oh, this is something that I can be asking myself too. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. this is like, there's, there's so much here that people are just like really struggling with in such a human and like beautiful and wonderful way. Um, that like really challenged me to think like, you don't have to be fixed, Sam. You can yeah. like figure it out. Wow. I love that. I'm enjoying this. I really, it's like kind of like walking down memory lane, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and sharing like a, a quick aside when Sam and I started the head and heart work conversations interview series we started by like recording an intro to the lindsey gibson episode um the author of the adult children of emotionally immature parents which was Mm -hmm. the first interview we aired and sam brought up this had the great idea of putting us an a quick conversation between him and i at the beginning because we really want to illustrate how we're like very much learning alongside all of you, especially in these interviews, you know? Um, and so we got to kind of like unpack what we learned in that episode. And this is reminding me of that, of like, it's actually kind of fun to like think back and explicitly say to you all, I guess that like, this is deeply enriching for us as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm going to, I have, I have two more. If if you could do one more, or like if that sounds good to you, or else I'll just do one. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens when you stop okay. talking. <laughs> <laughs> um. So 
So for me, uh, prior to the breakup I had, just before we started to just break up, like two months before that, I had never gone successfully no contact. Um, I've mm. ne- I'd never done Sam's black, black, black method. And I, because I, maybe it was my anxious attachment style, maybe it was like my Enneagram or whatever bullshit I want to blame. Um, I could not picture Uh, I had no solace or peace in my body when I thought about somebody not wanting me or somebody rejecting me or somebody not being good for me. Even somebody who wasn't good for me, I would like have such a hard time going no contact. Like Mm -hmm. a great example is one of the most abusive people I dated in my whole life. I didn't block her until I learned she abused one of my friends. It was like not enough that she was totally fucked my brain, you know, in every fucking direction and not a fun way. Um, It wasn't, you know, the whole relationship was so traumatic, but it wasn't enough until I found out she was like totally as abusive to a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, well, let me show you and block you. But like (laughs) me, you know, I don't need that personal space to heal. I can like still work with you and contact you or whatever. So that seems right. Mm (laughs) Yeah. But I think so that was me pre- just break up and 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 poster or mid just break up um i think i have a lot more respect for my own comfort and my own boundaries and the and like the mantras all help me and the mantras that we say like the or the the affirmations like not everybody is meant for you you know like that breaking up can be an act of kindness that blocking can be an act of kindness that like we don't mm-hmm. need to be everything for everyone and everyone doesn't have to be everything for us. It doesn't have to feel good to be the right move. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's there was so much in my understanding of the world that conflated discomfort with being rude or d- inflated discomfort with being hurtful or cruel or whatever. And I just didn't know how to make space for my needs in that. And now... Um, and now I do <laughs> not to say it's easy. Like we always say that on the podcast, like it's always, it's always going to hurt. It's always going to like feel uncomfortable. Um, but I just had never exercised that thought process before. Um, and mm-hmm. now I am obviously like a member of the black, black, black church. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Alfred always says that we're starting a cult with this uh, podcast. So like, let's not call anything a church. I don't need to feed his idea of, of what right, we're doing bro- here. All right, brother Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the other thing that I would say is that like the scripts that you and I come up with for how yeah. to like talk to your partners are actually really helpful for me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I like use them in my relationship a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's funny to like, to think that like we come up with these things um, sort of on the spot, but like I couldn't do it in conversation with yes. someone. So then being able to like go back and be like, oh, I can use this language to like yeah. get my point across of like, I don't need you to fix anything. I just want you to know this because I want you to see me. It's like, yeah. great. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Love yeah. <laughs> it. I think it just goes to showcase like how much we often need like emotional space or like, ta- you know, like in the moment we're like often triggered or we're reacting with our reactions and not instead of our actual emotions. And um, I think the podcast is a safe space for you and I too, to like, we're not, we're not technically in the arena in that moment. <laughs> you know, we're just right. like commenting on what we would do hypothetically if we were. <laughs> we're like the opposite of the arena. We're yeah. like literally the people on the stands that we're Bernie's like, round says like, shouldn't be there. 
we've we've got like black black written on our stomachs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, just like very sports black. sporty. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, that's a great one too. Um, I think the last thing I will say is like uh, when I think about I think the last Q and A they asked like what our favorite topics were or whatever, or some of our favorite letters or what we wanted to talk about talk about more and like. One that I really truly appreciated that I still to this day think about is the letter on the primary episode about the person who was insecure about their penis size. And Mm. I think I brought this up during the Q&A, but um, using that as a micro example of of a bigger idea, like I think the podcast has really helped me tap into my greater empathy and greater understanding Mm. that like everybody is experiencing a different reality and that... I'm a fool to think that my reality will apply to everyone else's or that there's a right and wrong way. Um, And it just like, for example, you know, that letter made me think about all the times that I wasn't actively being toxic or actively thinking toxic things, but the way that we're conditioned to oppress one another, you know, the way that we're Mm -hmm. conditioned to prioritize certain bodies over others, the way we're conditioned to, um, prioritize types of relationships over the others, like inner judgments that I used to have over certain types of, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just, um, getting the privilege of reading everybody's letter letters have, has really like, we jokingly use the word humbled in the beginning, humble, but we're like, I'm like so humbled by the breadth of human experience and, um, it makes me feel like I'm more understanding and compassionate to people, um, because mm. I know that it, we couldn't possibly still be doing this podcast three and a half years later if we all had the same fucking experience, you know. <laughs> and for at sure. the same time, sure. there are so many common <laughs> threads, you know, um, right? That, that we just want to be seen and affirmed and respected and loved and, you know, not totally fucked in a capitalist, you know, capitalism and et cetera. For sure. And rant. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I we can it. get into our letters. Thanks, everybody, for teaching us um, some of our favorite just breakup lessons. Yes, thank you all. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. 
Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, let's get into our letter. This letter is from Anonymous, who's writing from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Thank you for all you do and taking time to read this lengthy letter. My ex, he, him, 24, and I, she, her, 22, have been broken up for almost two years now. Our relationship started out great, but shortly after we hit the year and a half mark, it started going downhill fast. I ended things with him officially in May 2020 because I realized how much self-work I needed to do. That being said, despite being in relationships in the past, I really felt like I was going to end up with him. We always said that we are going to be end a game and the breakup was just temporary. Right after, after the decision to break up, he wanted to remain friends. I stupidly agreed, thinking it meant we would just be on good terms since we still worked together. But he meant friends, friends, as in people that hang out and talk every day. It felt weird because I was on the single life high and I didn't think too much of it. Fast forward to summer of 2020, something happened with a mutual friend of ours and myself. This friend, let's call him Colonel, and I cooked or hooked up. I felt terrible right after it happened because my ex and I had just mended some other issue that arised shortly before. The day after, I felt obligated to tell him. I know I hurt him deeply, but he wanted to continue to be friends. Strangely, after this, we became even closer. We started watching movies at my place, getting food, having sex, etc. It was like we were together again. He told me that he couldn't get back together with me because of what I had done. Mm -mm. It made me feel really fucking shitty because not only did I feel awful for hurting him, but I felt as though I ruined all chances of us getting back together. This has been going on for over a year now. He still brings it up sometimes how much it hurts him. He's, and yet he still continues to want to be in my life. 
This is where it gets really weird. Early 2021, we stopped having sex and we started to slowly see and talk to each other less, but I was so confused. My head was a mess. It felt like he was dangling this kernel situation over my head just to keep me in his life as an option. He would say things like, I'm not over it yet and we can't get back together until I am. I would try to have talks with him about how he felt and every time he just told me he wasn't over it yet. All my friends and my mom saw that he was saying one thing, that he didn't want to get back together, but that his actions were completely different. I started to lose hope in us, and at this point, I was just frustrated with the circles we were going in. It's been almost two years, and it still wasn't able to connect with someone else, and I still wasn't able to connect with someone else because of the attachment I have with him. I knew it had to be done, and I, and I finally cut ties. Last month, I sat him down and told him that we needed to go our separate ways. He sat there and told me he didn't want that and he wanted to keep me in his life, even if it was just a little bit. Fast forward to today. I found out he's been dating someone for a few months. Oh, and did I mention that someone is his friend's ex? I was so angry, but more than anything, disappointed. I told him I felt as though he was a hypocrite and it wasn't fair that he put me through all of this. He apologized, but then started saying things that just didn't add up. He told me that before the whole kernel situation happened, he really thought we were going to end up together. And that throughout these past two years, there's been times when he felt as though he needed to move on. He started asking questions such as, if I regret meeting him, and if I didn't find out today, if I would still have hope for us. That just didn't sit right with me. How can you have a whole girlfriend for the past four months, but still beg for me to stay in your life? How can you sit there and tell me you wanted to get back together, but just didn't communicate properly? He also added that he thinks about me constantly as if he's in a relationship with me. He apologized for not telling me himself about the girl, but he didn't tell me because it wasn't serious yet. And he it was and is still confused. I am so confused. This morning when I found out, I was sure it was the universe slapping me in the face telling me to block him. I thought this talk would give me closure, but it really just fucked with my head even more. So I guess my question is, how do I know when it's time to give up on someone? Should I be fighting for us? Or is it time for me to finally let go and move on? I am so, so stuck. I can't mm. tell if the other girl is a rebound or if he's just, and he's just scared to be vulnerable with me or if he's genuinely done with us. Thank you for reading this. Well, thank you so much, so much for writing Anonymous and for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, I would be confused too. Two years, two years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to answer the, the most recent question because it's hottest in my brain, but it doesn't matter if this uh, new girlfriend is a rebound or not. He is not an emotionally safe person for you. Um, I think that you all have done it. You have put your time in, right? He, ha he has had an opportunity. I don't mean this to d diminish your relationship because I definitely know what it's the weight of the relationships that use terms like end game, you know? Um, for sure, you, for sure. Uh, obviously, this person has a place in your life if your mom and your friends know about him and this whole you know, ordeal. Um, but don't think about what she is. Just think about the fact that he was given over a year to get over the fact that you slept with somebody when you were single, which you're allowed to do. Right. You were emotionally available to him. I can imagine that through that time that you, you know, you invested time in, with him, you invested emotional energy with him. You were intimate with him. Like you were doing what you needed to do. You were obviously apologetic because you felt so bad that you brought him that intimate information that he didn't technically wasn't technically owed, you know, like you're, mm -hmm. you were single, you guys broke up. Um, he, he had a whole year. He had a whole year to do what he needed to do to let it go, 
to, to, to say, I do want you. And I guess I'm not saying that there's no hope, right? I'm not saying that he is a bad person. What I'm saying is what's so blatantly obvious is that this relationship as is right now needs a clean break. It needs to be able to evolve from whatever it was to something new. And that's not going to happen if you keep dragging around like this mutated version of the relationship that used to be. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I totally agree with all of that. And um, I'll just warn you that I don't think that there's any clarity to be had from this man. Right. And I say that for like a couple reasons. One is that like he sounds really confused himself. So yeah. like, I don't know that he's going to be able to provide clarity for you. Yeah. And two, we as humans have like this infinite capacity to be able to like justify all of the things that we're doing, even if they are like incongruous with what we want or what we say that we want. Right. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. so like, it's just going to be like a, 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 circular conversation as you've talked about, right? It's been a circular conversation for the whole year now. Like it's Mm -hmm. just going to continue to be circular because I just feel like, and I don't know this man, but I'm just going to say this. I feel like this man is just like not capable of being able to like talk about the things or what's affecting him or what he wants because he's just confused about it. And so he's just going to say like, whatever is the first thing that pops into his head. And I say this lovingly because I've been there. You know, of like, (laughs) you know what? It does suck to think about someone you love sleeping with your friend. Like it does hurt, right? It's never not going to hurt. It's never not going to hurt. It's also really confusing to like be, have feelings for multiple people at the same time. Like that's also really confusing. (laughs) But you got to lean into them and process Mm -hmm. and be like, do I want to stay here forever? Do I want to do I want to think about her having sex with Colonel for the rest of my life and be hurt by that for the rest of my life? Or do I want to be emotionally available to her or anyone else? <laughs> you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. My yeah, <laughs> go so, ahead. No, so I I just don't think that there's there's going to be clarity with him. So like what you need to do is to like trust your own experiences of this relationship and take stock of your own experiences of it. Like not his but yeah. yours. Oh, of that's like, a great note. How has, yeah. how has this relationship been feeling for you? Sounds like pretty shitty for like the last year or so. How is it <laughs> feeling for you right now in this moment? Not great. He's date. He has a whole <laughs> ass girlfriend, as you said in this he letter, a- <laughs> and is still trying to like get with you, yeah. but also not get with you. Yeah. What, like, what are your friends and your mom telling you? That he's saying one thing and doing another, which is like not a fun place to be Mm-mm. in in relationship with somebody. So like, I don't really care what he's doing or why he's doing it. And like, probably I'm never going to know. Probably you're never not going to know because he's like a separate human right. who's dealing with his own shit, right? But what are shit. you going through in this? Like, what are your experiences of this relationship? They sound shitty, right? I'm not there. I don't know you, but they sound really shitty. So, so like, what is the, what's the plus? Like, what are you looking for t- before you're going to decide that the shitty thing that he's doing to you is like not acceptable anymore? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what are you waiting shitty, for? If the threshold isn't shitty, it's like, well, when does perpetually confused and not emotionally like mm-hmm. met, when does that become shitty? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, oh, like Sam said before. That's shitty for me all the time. <laughs> well, no, but you, you made the great point of saying like, we have human, we as human have an immense capacity to justify things 
when we're confused, you know, like, and the same thing goes for the justification of this relationship, like the justification mm. of his confused mm-hmm. nature and his wishy-washiness. Like my literal notes while I was listening to you read it, I wrote it down were his healing is his personal responsibility. It doesn't matter. Tough tootie, rightfully confused, <laughs> space, space, space for my five notes. <laughs> <laughs> and by tough to I mean, like, um, kind of what I was referencing before, like, I get it, you know, sometimes when you feel like you're, when you feel disappointed by someone's actions, even though you might, like, in the, cir- in the circumstance of having sex with Colonel, um, or, or hooking up with Colonel, and then telling him, like, I get it, that's disappointing to him, but his healing about that, like, you were available to him, you gotta, you gotta buck up. You gotta tough tootie. You gotta, you gotta like, mm-hmm. you want to heal, especially for something like that. Like if you can't get over it, then you got to cut the cord. Um, and I really just think that you can say, here, let's practice the scripts. Like, Hey, I've been really confused for the last six to 18 months of our interaction. Um, at first I was working towards us, getting back together. And I thought that's where we were going, but you kept using this experience with Colonel um, as a way to prevent us from getting back together or as a way from preventing us to, from reaching a higher level of vulnerability. I accept that. I accept your healing timeline, but I no longer can wait on the sidelines. And on top of the fact that I, I feel like it's disrespectful to me and your girlfriend to be perpetually in this gray area. So have fun. I'm bowing out. This is like one of the best things that I wish I got to do during my dating experience. I wish I got to be mm-hmm. like the have fun. I'm out move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, there's nothing more like sexy and powerful than being like, you do you. I'm going to go and do me. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. And I, having been on the receiving end of one of those conversations where it's like, I'm bowing out. Like I can't do this anymore. I can't do this like wishy-washy thing anymore. (laughs) It's also fucking helpful. It is so helpful to be like, Oh, thank God. I didn't have the strength to be able to extricate from myself from the situation, but you did. And I am so thankful for the people who who are the the person who has done that for me because it was like, this, we know that this isn't working and somebody has to pull the trigger and like, I didn't want to. And this person did. And I was mad and I was annoyed and I was like, fuck this person. But now I'm like, thank God that that person did that because otherwise this could have just gone on. Right. I would have, I would have stayed here perpetually because and this is kind of what I was referencing before. Like when we were talking about the things we've learned from just breakup and from the wonderful letters that we get, like, I didn't know that my wishy-washy feelings, my gray area, my inability to commit my confusion or whatever, um, or even my conflicting desires, like that staying in that space was hurting me and other people actively. And that they're, right. it's not kind. Like, here's the truth, Anonymous. He loves you, right? And his love isn't enough. You love him mm. and your love is not enough. Like the relationship is, has core incompatibilities right now. One of which being you tried for a long time and it didn't work. The other which the other one being he's in a relationship. Like yeah, there's that one. Yeah. Well, I, and I keep saying that, but I just mean, you know, the 
the lagerons, the people, the relationships that like stay with us forever, you know, they they have they have weight over us, man. Like my unrequited love from my twenties would have asked if, if he would have asked me to move across the country to be his neighbor, I would have been like, absolutely, <laughs> you know, like I'll be there. I'll be there because <laughs> these long lasting relationships have weight. You know, they have a sense mm-hmm. of a sense of importance, and um, and I'm not trying, I'm not disparaging that, and I'm not diminishing the fact that these types of relationships feel different. But the same rules apply. Like you guys have tried and and this is this is entering toxic territory. You know, he's mm-hmm. in a relationship and he didn't tell you. You guys pseudo dated for a year and he couldn't let go of the fact that you had sex with somebody when you were single. Like you, there needs mm-hmm. some space here. Another thing I learned from Just Break Up, space doesn't have to feel good right away. Space doesn't have to provide yep. the answers. What provides the yep. answers is time. And space away and and the opportunity to have perspective without all of the confusion in your face. You know, mm. it's not like saying I can't talk to you anymore gives you all the clarity you need. It's saying no. I need space so I can access more clarity through lived experiences that aren't blurred through this gray matter that we're wading through right now. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. And you can do this in whatever way works well for you. Right. Like if you want to tell him all those nice things that Sierra said, great. If you want to say, hey, you've got a girlfriend and I'm not interested in doing this back and forth anymore. See ya. (laughs) Like that's also fine. Right. Like you can like you can do this on whatever terms you need to do. Um, But I do think that you need to put space between you you and this person. And like Sierra said, I don't think it'll provide you immediate clarity. It might, though, because sometimes you put that space between and you're like, what the fuck was I doing for the last four years? Like, what? Oh, my God, I should have blocked this person seven months ago. Yeah. Right. So like that might happen. But it also might just be like space from this person might give you more clarity to see other people differently right to put more energy into the things that are actually going to sustain you whether that's a relationship romantically friendships family stuff hobbies work doing nothing like whatever it is that this that this man is taking up in your life like i i don't he doesn't need to be there yeah i mean i'm sure he's great and if he wrote into us we would talk to him but like (laughs) No, I he have, doesn't need I have to be in your friends. life. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I was that person who couldn't who couldn't see that me holding on was me not letting somebody go find peace, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, he, and he, for preventing sure. his own peace, preventing his new girlfriend's peace. You know, I, I, I couldn't see that in the past. I couldn't see that a little bit of discomfort allows for more peace. I would do anything mm, to avoid that discomfort, you know, and, and to avoid losing someone. So... And just the realization that like relationships come and go, like that's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's such a profound oh learning that I've had as I've grown up is like, yeah, ooh, those relationships you thought couldn't, you could never function without, like sometimes they just end yes. and it's like, yes. And you keep, it's really sad and awful, but you just sometimes like, you at move, like a higher level, you keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> Some, often, often yeah. at a higher level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, my darling, uh, we hope that this helps. We know that it's complicated. We know that you're in the pits of it now, probably deeper mm. than when you sent us this message. But um, th- I hope this serves as just a little reassurance, a little like cheering section in the corner of your arena. Um, 
You deserve some clarity and you deserve to be able to officially move on, whether that means move on to a different relationship, move on to a different version of this relationship. But what's mm. most important is that you need some space right now. I love it. Thank you so much for writing and for supporting us on Patreon. We love you. We love you. All right, my darlings, uh, as a reminder, Sam and I are taking off this week um, from, no, this upcoming week, the, the, the Monday in between Christmas and New Year's, we will not have a primary episode. Word on the street is th- there might be a Patreon episode available for non-Patreon folks. <laughs> <laughs> The rumor mill here at Just Break Up is really, (laughs) really churning between the three of us. (laughs) And I know I've said this like a lot in the last like couple months, but thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. You know, uh, we're going to like reflect on 2021 next Patreon. um, But uh, this was a year of big transitions for Just Break Up and y'all supported Mm -hmm. us to on the move to Spotify and you supported us on the scary move away from Spotify, which by the way, was totally amicable. <laughs> um, oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have sort of been trying out new advertisers and we've been trying out new ways to, you know, support ourselves on a sustainable fiscal level. And you patrons have been the core of that. Like we, mm-hmm. when, when we look at our little podcast business model, um, the support that you guys uh, give us the monthly subscriptions, the $5 a month or more um, is a really small but really impactful way to um, make this podcast what it is. So For I sure. know I've said this a lot lately, but especially now that we are no longer exclusive with Spotify and don't have that endorsement. Um, I'm just especially grateful for you all because you are the foundation of our success. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, Absolutely. We're grateful. Very and- much so. And remember, you are allowed to to throw in the hat. You're allowed to say, I no longer want to put effort into this because it is not serving me anymore. This doesn't make you cruel. This doesn't make you selfish. This doesn't make you self-serving. This makes you a human that it, that is willing to see things differently, that's willing to find clarity elsewhere. If somebody wants to stay in their own drama or stay in their confusion, you don't have to stay with them. It's not your responsibility. So make some space for clarity in the last year of 2021 and if all else fails. Just break up. <laughs>